0: Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning and welcome everyone to Coastal. Uh, I am Pastor Chris. If you are joining us online today, and I'm sure uh, many of you are, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And uh, for those of you uh, who might be tuning in for the very first time today, uh, I sincerely hope uh, that we have the privilege of meeting in person. Uh, very soon and, uh, and doing life together as we like to say here at Coastal. Uh, today uh, we are in week six of this series called The Journey where each week we are taking a look at Jesus's journey. However uh, today um, I want to just press pause here for just a moment and uh, first of all I think we all just need to take a deep collective breath together. Can we all do that Without breathing on your neighbor too hard, but just like (laughs) breathe in and just admit, you know, and just, you know, in your own mind, admit to yourself that, and it's okay to do this, that we have had one crazy, wild journey ourselves this week um, as a world, as a nation, as a community, um, as families. And uh, that journey, since we're talking about journeys, um, doesn't seem to be coming to an end uh, anytime soon. What has happened in our world, in our country with the coronavirus is, uh, is new to everybody, okay? Let's just admit that as well. We're all trying to figure this thing out, and things seem to be changing day by day, even hour by hour. And just like you um, as pastors and a staff, you know, we are watching and listening closely, and we're doing our best uh, to prayerfully and thoughtfully uh, make wise decisions both for our families, our community, Uh, and our church. And so when and if Coastal were to cancel uh, any of its regularly, you know, gathered, scheduled meetings or services, uh, we will communicate that with everyone really quickly through email, social media, text, our website, all of that. Now, the great news is, is that we are well-prepared and well-equipped as a church uh, to continue to provide our services online, which so many people uh, are uh, taking advantage of today, which is great. But I want you to hear this loud and clear from your pastor today. Whether we gather together in this building or not, you can't cancel church, right? I mean, why? Because, Coastal, we don't just go to church. We what? We are the church. We are the church. And so we are going to keep you know, sharing and experiencing the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world, whether or not we're meeting here at 460 Arlington Drive, or we are gathered together uh, in small groups all around uh, the world and in our community uh, watching online. Now, uh, if you are sick, as always, by the way, please don't come to church. (laughs) You know, uh, watch our services online. And uh, if you are someone who is older with an underlying health condition or compromised immune system, if you've been uh, with someone who is sick or infected or you care for those who are, stay at home and do what? Watch our services services online. Um, And then please, everyone together, let's keep doing all those things that we have been instructed to do. Uh, You know, wash our hands, cover your mouth when you cough. Uh, Wipe down, disinfect, be mindful, be sensitive, uh, and be kind uh, to those uh, that are around you. We're trying to go to some extra steps this morning in our cafe, uh, with our offering buckets, all those uh, kinds of things. But most importantly, and I want you to hear this today, pray. Pray. Pray, Prayer is not the last resort. Uh, It it is the first go-to response for believers in fact, um, that's what I'd like to do today. I'm going to kind of lead us in just a little special focus time of prayer today at the, at the end of my message. You know, so many people today are worried and afraid. And so we need to take opportunities, the opportunities as God brings them to us, to encourage people, uh, to support people, to love people, to serve people in our community, and to, and to personally pray with people. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You see, I actually believe that this is a great opportunity for the church. You know, to rise up and to be the church. And to look for those opportunities where we can, you know, love and serve our neighbors and our community. That's what this church is known for. You know, for serving our community. And we've been doing that, and we're going to keep doing that. Even this week, you know, I'm praying about, okay, so when and if, you know, schools in our area, you know, shut down or close, You know, we have such a great relationship, you know, with Oakland Elementary School. Maybe, you know, we get some people together, and we provide uh, breakfast or lunch you know, for all those kids that depend on breakfast and lunch, specifically at Oakland Elementary School. And there's other things that I know that maybe you're thinking about, you're praying about, and we're trying to, you know, piece all that together. So let, as a church and as a community, let's, let's be the church. That's what I've been praying about this week, and I, I'm asking you to join me in doing the same. You see, while the world around us is hopeless, we have hope. You know, while when, when everyone else around us is worried and afraid, We keep moving forward in faith. And when everybody else else around us is, you know, being rude and mean and selfish, we're the very ones who are called to be kind and loving and encouraging. Joshua 1.9 says this, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I actually believe that those are four of the most powerful words in the entire Bible. God is with you. God is with you. So, Coastal, let's, um, let's live that way. Let's be that way. Let's be the church. So, I want us to jump right back into our series here. And uh, today's story that I want us to look at really is very appropriate for today. I think it's, it's actually one of the more famous encounters that Jesus had on his journey. It's definitely one of my favorite. Um, it's the story of Jesus walking on the water and then calling Peter out to come and do the, stay, to do the same. You see, it's a story of, of fear and failure, but also great faith. And I happen to believe that's something we all need to hear a little bit more of today. So follow along as I read Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. Immediately after this, now the after this is, they just heard about uh, John the Baptist being beheaded. That's, that'd put some fear into you, wouldn't it? Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he, and, while, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord really you tell me to come to you walking on the water yes come jesus said so peter went to the other went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward jesus but when he saw the strong wind and the waves he was terrified and began to sink save me lord he shouted jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him you have so little faith jesus said why did you doubt me When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. So, I want us to talk about faith today. Three things that I want you to notice. First of all, number one, faith requires risking failure. It does. I mean, a huge storm comes along so rough that the disciples can't make it across this body of water. And these are are professional sailors, by the way. Okay, so around three in the morning, okay, three in the morning, Jesus appears walking on the water. Ra- raise your hand this morning. Have you ever been in a bad storm at sea? A bad storm at sea. Eddie, I know you have. Where is he at? There he is. Okay. Uh, it's, it's awful. I mean, I've only done that a couple of times, but I cannot imagine this. So picture this in your mind, the size of the waves, the strength of the wind, the darkness, by the way, of the night. Picture this little boat struggling to avoid being capsized. One translation says the boat was tormented by the waves. Cold, wet, exhausted, terrified. So those are the conditions under which Peter gets out of this boat. Now again, I don't know much about boats, you know, overall, but I would think it'd be difficult enough to get out of a boat and try to walk on the water when it's calm in daylight. You know, that, that would be about as much courage as the average person surely, you know, could muster. So imagine doing that when the waves are crashing, the wind is at gale force, it's three in the morning, the night is black. Peter steps out. And, you know, for all practical purposes, you know, he falls. He doesn't make it. So it's a story of failure, right? In fact, that's probably, you know, in many ways how you've heard this story preached before. But, but I think there's more to it than that. Now, raise your hand if you've ever failed a test, been cut from a team, did not get the job or the promotion that you wanted. You've, raise your hand if you've ever been impatient with a three-year-old, if you've ever said the wrong thing to someone or let somebody down, right? If you've ever experienced failure of any kind. You know, in fact, all of us are would-be water walkers, God did not intend for his children, you and I, created in his image to go through life in just this, play it safe, desperate attempt to avoid failure. You see, God did not create us to sit on the sidelines as believers, as the church, and just kind of play it safe in the boat. In many ways, think about it, the boat, you know, is safe, the boat is secure, the boat is comfortable, and so the question that I want you to think about today is this, what is your boat? You know, what is your boat? You see, your boat for you is whatever represents safety and security to you apart from walking with God and trusting Him. You know, your boat is whatever you're tempted to put your trust in instead of Him, especially when life gets a little stormy. You know, for you, the boat is whatever keeps you so comfortable that you don't want to give it up, even if it's keeping you from joining Jesus on the waves. Your boat is whatever keeps you from the adventure of just following Jesus and living for Him. If you really want to know what your boat is, just ask yourself this question. What am I afraid of? Especially when you think of having to leave it all behind and stepping out in faith. You know, the water is high, the waves are rough, the wind is strong, the night is dark, and a storm is out there. And if you take that step of faith, you know, you might sink. By the way, when you are serving God and you're following Jesus, listen to me, you are going to face storms. You're going to have hardships. You're going to have difficulty. Anybody who tells you otherwise or preaches otherwise is a liar. You know, and and I'm not just talking about physical storms. I'm talking about the real storms of life, the trials and the difficulties and the hardship and the pain and the disease and the sickness. Even sitting here today, many of you are going through a storm. Maybe it's money problems. Maybe it's problems in a relationship. Maybe you're having family problems, problems at your job, at your school. We all have storms in life. And and, and anyone who tells you that Christianity, that our faith is about playing it safe and being secure, or it's always smooth sailing, listen, I'm telling you something. You're not reading your Bible. And you don't understand what the Bible teaches about this world. And about serving the Lord. You know, just yesterday, um, as a pastor, I happened to be with some folks who were, you know, going through a storm. You know, I was with the, uh, the Brinkley family uh, this weekend as uh, uh, Jerome's dad, Ed, uh, passed away. And we had the funeral yesterday, the graveside, and we went back to their home. And just being with that family is there. You know, facing this this new reality and and uh, everything that they've been through over the last six weeks, as their uh, their dad is uh, you know passed from cancer, and then I didn't I wasn't a real you know during a funeral of course I keep my phone on silent or off and, and so after everything was over I pulled out my phone and and uh, Jan and I were leaving and man my phone my phone had just blown up and and uh, had all these texts and messages and uh, come to find out that. Um, uh, Tabor Bernados, um, Prisco's brother, uh, the Bernados family has been uh, friends of mine and part of our church in different ways for a long, long time. And uh, he was out working in his yard yesterday and uh, uh, dropped and uh, died of a heart attack. And uh, so my wife and I left the funeral in the Brinkley home and went straight to the hospital just to, to be with heart. Storms. Guys, it's, it, it is, it's a it's a part of life. You know, and I want you to remember something. The disciples were actually in the storm because they were being obedient to Jesus. They were trying to follow Jesus and do what he said. And, you know, obedient Christ followers are going to face storms. But if you never get out of the boat, as John Ortberg so famously says in his, his book on this, this story, you're never going to walk on the water. I think there's something in all of us that, that tells us that our lives are supposed to be something more than just sitting in the boat. That there's supposed to be, you know, something in our lives that, that calls us out of the routine and comfortable existence and, and wants to, this adventure, you know, of following Jesus and actually taking those steps of faith. Jesus comes to the disciples in the storm. By the way, I think we need to hear that today. That's a great reminder that Jesus is there and he comes to us in the storms of life. Even now. And the disciples see him walking on the sea and they're terrified. And Jesus says, I'm here. Don't be afraid. You can trust me, you can safely, without reservation, without hesitation, you can place your life in my hands. You have the storm, you have me. Which is more powerful? Which are you going to choose to trust? And so Peter, you know, he says, all right, Lord, if it's you, what do you want me to do? You tell me, command me. And Jesus says, all right, Peter, come out of the boat. And so just picture in your mind, you know, in the, the middle of the storm, Peter lifts one leg over the side. He puts his feet, you know, his foot on the water. And then he lifts his other leg over the side of the boat and puts both feet on the water. And then he lets go. And he is still standing and he, and he turns and he takes a step toward Jesus, and then he takes another step. And then, for the first time in the history of the human race, an ordinary mortal man is walking on the water. For just a moment, it's Peter and Jesus walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, Peter realizes, what's he doing, you know? And he sees the waves, and he feels the sting of the water, I'm sure. And I'm sure his faith gives away, and he's afraid, And he sinks, and he takes his eyes off Jesus. And I'm sure you've heard that preached and shared that way and taught that way many, many times. So the question is, okay, did Peter fail? I actually think this kind of radically redefines failure for us, especially in the life of a believer. Jonas Salk attempted 200 unsuccessful vaccines for polio before he came up with the one that worked. Somebody once asked him, how did it feel to fail 200 times while you were trying to invent a vaccine for polio? Here's his response. I never failed 200 times at anything in my life. My family taught me never to use that word. I simply discovered 200 ways how to to not make a vaccine for polio. Somebody asked Winston Churchill, what prepared you most to lead Great Britain through World War II? Um, Obviously, for a time, y'all remember, Great Britain, Britain stood virtually alone against Nazi Germany as it dominated the Western world. Here's Churchill's famous response. It was the time I repeated a class in second grade or in grade school. The questioner said, you mean you flunked a grade? Churchill said, I never flunked anything in my life. I was simply given a second opportunity to get it right. Um, So did Peter fail? Well, you know, sure, maybe in one sense he did. His faith gave away. He couldn't stay locked into Jesus. He sank. He failed. But here's what you need to see today. There were 11 bigger failures in the boat. I mean, you think about that. Only Peter experienced, you know, the shame and embarrassment of sinking, sure. But only Peter actually knew the glory of walking on the water. I mean, can you imagine the stories this man is telling for the rest of his life? You know, you talk about a fish story. This is a fish story. And only Peter knew in a way what other people would never know. That when he did sink, Jesus would be right there. He knew that Jesus is there to save. Peter, you know, had shared a connection with Jesus that nobody else would have. They couldn't have it because they never got out of the boat. They never had an opportunity. To reach out to Jesus and then just hold on to him for dear life in the middle of the storm. You see, coastal believers, those watching online, here's what you need to hear. We're all going to sink from time to time. We're all going to die. We're all going to have storms. But if you never take a risk, you never get out of the boat, you never face that fear, you're never going to discover that Jesus is there to save and he is faithful. Your faith is never going to be stretched and you're never going to grow. Number two, faith means choosing to follow Jesus. This is the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian is so much more than just believing certain things so that one day you'll go to heaven when you die. It's about following Jesus wherever he leads you. It's it's really about getting out of that boat. It's following him. It means living like he would live. It means treating others the way Jesus would treat them. But this brings up an aspect of discipleship that a lot of people don't like. And sometimes I don't like it myself. A commitment to, follow, to a life of following Jesus is a commitment to the constant recurrence of fear. It's gonna happen over and over again. Jesus dis- to commands the disciples to get in the boat. They do. A storm comes and they're afraid. Jesus comes to them on the water, and when they see him, they're afraid. Jesus says, Take courage. Don't be afraid. Peter asks him, what's he he supposed to do? Jesus tells him to get out of the boat, take the next step. Peter gets out of the boat and sinks. Uh, What does he experience? More fear. But Jesus is there again to rescue him. I mean, you think about all that. To be a disciple, to be a Christ follower, is to choose to keep growing in your faith, And it means, growth means that you're going to have, enter new territory, new experiences, next steps, and it means getting out of the boat. And, And every time you do that, you will experience fear. You know, here's the amazing thing about discipleship. It requires courage because fear never goes away. Every time you you get out of the boat, every time you enter a new challenge, a new experience, a next step, you're going to experience fear. You see, discipleship is always a choice between comfort and fear. Having courage doesn't mean that you never have fear. It means you get out of the boat and move forward in spite of your fears. Now, that's bad news for a lot of us because our world today is into comfort and security. And we like to come home and say, I just want to veg out. And people who do that consistently for long periods of time, we call them couch what? Potatoes. Those 11 other disciples, maybe they were boat potatoes. Okay? They didn't want to run the risk. They didn't want to experience that kind of fear. And sadly, churches today are full of people who you might call, you know, pew potatoes or chair potatoes. People whose religion amounts to little more than just spiritual padding that just adds comfort to their lives. And you got your nice little boat, and uh, you know, you hadn't been out of it in a long, long time. Maybe your boat's pretty comfortable. Maybe you remember a time when you did step out of the boat on a regular basis and you said, Jesus, man, you give me the word, I'll go, I'll come. But maybe. You've gotten comfortable and you're afraid. I know that feeling. I do. You know, in 1988, when I was living in Atlanta, uh, finishing Bible college, and God said to me, Chris, I want you to go back to Charleston. I want you to start a church. There were only a few problems with that whole scenario. Number 1, I'd never been a been a senior pastor before of a church. Number 2, I was only 21 years old. 3, I had no money, no job. Janet had no job. Number 4, we didn't have a, you know, a large core group of people that were interested in starting a church with us like that in Charleston. In other words, you know, I was afraid. You know, after graduation, we packed up everything we owned in a rental truck and we moved to Charleston. But where God guides, God provides. And within no time at all, a pastor friend of mine was moving to Goose Creek out of a home he rented here in West Ashley that Janet and I moved into. Janet found a teaching job and sa- signed a contract uh, the week that school started. And um, by the way, that was also uh, about three or four weeks, about four weeks before Hurricane Hugo hit, another storm where we discovered that God is faithful. And uh, the rest is history. Now, i got to tell you that you know, this church was not some genius plan that was pre-thought out at denominational headquarters somewhere with a lot of money backing, said, let's do this and let's do that. No, it wasn't. It started from a simple act of obedience. God spoke, we obeyed, and you're here today as a result. Because God honors faith and obedience. It's, it's faith when you obey God Even when you don't understand it. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it seems impossible. Even when you might be afraid. There's like over a thousand commands in the New Testament and every one of those commands, some of them seem impossible, some of them seem unreasonable, some of them seem like, God, why in the world would you ask me to do this? Some of them feel like they can't be done, but every one of them is there for your benefit. And every time there's a command of God where he says, do this, in the Bible, he is testing your faith to see if you will obey him or not, or trust him or not. And he does it for our own good. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Every time God tells you to do something, it's a test of faith. Who will you trust? See, walking on the water is about, it's about coming to Jesus. And if you try, you might sink. But I got a secret for you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Jesus is always there to save Sinking people. Peter gets out of the boat. He notices a strong wind. He gets frightened. He begins to sink. He cries out, Lord, save me. That's a confession of the lordship of Jesus and a plea for deliverance. He's saying, Jesus, you're mighty to save. And, he, and immediately, Jesus reaches out his hands and catches him. The point is not that Jesus will instantly always bail people out when we want him to. It's that he's always there ready to respond in the way that he sees fit. There there is no failure in your life that can place you beyond the loving care and the hand of God. Jesus is adequate to save sinking people, but Jesus can never save you. He can never respond if you don't first live your life in such a way that you're depending on him. And then let me close with this one. Number three, faith always results in miracles. Always results in miracles. As a result of Peter getting out of the boat... As a result of his failure in the redeeming hand of Jesus, the Bible says that those in the boat worshiped Jesus, acknowledged him as Lord. When people get out of the boat, when they walk by faith, when they trust Jesus, when people do that, when a church does that, the power of God is always put into play in remarkable ways and amazing, miraculous things always happen. Over the last 30 years, every single time this church decided to trust God a little bit more, to get out of the boat, to go all in, to dare to believe amazing, remarkable miracles happened. What if everybody who called themselves a follower of Jesus, what if everybody in this room, what if everybody watching online were to say, I'm going to get out of the boat I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to take those next steps. What if everybody in the room were to say, Jesus, command me. I am yours. Can you imagine the kind of power, the power of God that would be released in this community, in this nation, in this world, and in this church and the miracles that we would see? See, Jesus is still looking for people to trust him and to get out of the boat. If you go, it doesn't mean safety and security. You're going to face some problems. Storms are out there. Your faith may falter and you will sink. But I know this when you fail, and you will, we will, Jesus will always be there. He's going to pick you up, He won't leave you alone. And every so often, friends, guess what? We're going to walk on the water. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.